Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. So we're live from the Skew City GT, as you can hear by the background audio. Correct. Don't come around here no more. Straight from Rockford, Illinois. We've been having a little drinking, a little Warhammer. It's been a great time. Yeah. Don't you think? All right. So let's go ahead and just recap the fun we've had, and I think we'll go from there. I think, well, the first thing we should do, we do our normal things. We should thank our sponsors. Yep. So first off, we've got Prism Gaming. Yep. Check out their products at prismgamer.com. Yeah, their dice towers have been really, really helpful today. We've used them all day at the tournament. Man, it keeps their dice from bouncing off people's models from scattering yeah. all over the place. Exactly. And for those people that are interested, it, it, the rumor is that there's going to be dice towers with Wisco Dice logos coming soon. Wow, that sounds pretty good. Definitely in their paint range. Start out with their base paints. They're as good as pretty much everybody else on the market. All right, cool. Next up on our sponsors list, just to go ahead and cover the bases, we've got Misty Mountain Games and Diversions here in Madison, Wisconsin. On Cottage Grove Road. They've got the largest gaming space in Madison. Is that correct? Yeah, they are also the host for this year's 2012 Merry Mayhem, the last mayhem before the end of the world. Exactly. November 30th and December 1st. Covering a large variety of miniatures games from Warhammer Fantasy. Obviously, that's what most of our listeners do. Correct. Privateer Press with War Machine Hordes. Yep. We're have 40K. Snack. Correct. We're going to have... Kings of War, mm-hmm. probably some Malifaux, some other stuff going on on Friday night. So it'll be a great time. Make sure if you haven't signed up or gotten into some of the other events, make sure you're there to check out the fun and excitement. We're going to pack that place Saturday. Massive raffle. Mm-hmm. Giant. We're giving away 2K of, of Warriors of Chaos. Sweet. For the charity raffle. So, yeah, definitely. You want to help out Toys for Tots. You want to help out uh, Mary Mayhem. Check out the sh- store while you're there. Great times, Wisconsin Mountain Games, Madison, Wisconsin, Cottage Grove Road. All right, next we're going to go to the Last Square, which is on Odana Road in Madison, Wisconsin. Is that correct, Ben? That last time I checked, yeah, they're they're your miniature store. They have absolutely everything you can imagine for every game system, plus uh, model railroads as well. And obviously, the most important thing if you're in the Madison area, you can go ahead and stop in and shop. For those of you that aren't, obviously, you can catch your stuff online. You just have to give them a call for any Games Workshop product. It's 20% off all the time. You can't beat that pretty much anywhere. Exactly, and that's LastSquare.com. Hey, Paul, let's go ahead and just hit our hobby goals from last time. What did, what did, Have you accomplished anything in the last couple of weeks? Actually, I have. I had to get a couple of things painted up for this tournament today, and I managed to get them done, so I was pretty happy with it. Well, that's always a bonus. It was a 10 Marauder Horseman, and I got a bunch of different basing done as well to make sure that the army looked cohesive on the table. That's always cool. So go ahead, the Konzi has go ahead and finished nothing for this event. I was all the <laughs> way painted. Obviously, I played the same army I took, exactly the same army I took last G standing, so everything was already painted. I mean, I won best appearance there, so I couldn't have been too bad. Exactly. On top of that, I had, so I did work on, I got um, Kaya for uh, Hordes, um, my circle army, and I got a Stonekeeper all painted up really top notch. I'm really pretty happy with the painting. I'm really trying to shoot for, in that game, to be one of the guys in the local circle that are talked about for their how good it looks. Very cool. Uh, on That's top of that, call. I've painted up some... I, I painted up a few Marauders. I put together some bottles for Malifaux. Not a lot of Games Workshop stuff in there, but I did get, a, I did get quite a bit of work. I mean, obviously, I'm starting to try to focus some of my efforts this year to tr- just trying to get models assembled. Because there's there's that there's that silly challenge that's out there for not only the 365 models in a year, 
but to paint more models than that, you know who over there on Ohio Hammer? You mean I mean Andrew Sherman? Andrew Sherman. I definitely don't want to be caught dead in a Buckeye shirt, so I'm never going <laughs> to let that happen. Sounds good. All right. All right. Well, how did your game go today? How did your games go so far? All right. Today, ben? So today we've had. Hey, I think we might be being joined by Mr. Ryan Nickel. Just got to turn the mic on, sir. Boom. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going, Mr. Uh, Nickel? All right. How are your games today? Games were a lot of fun. A lot yeah. of fun. Great games. I got to play several people that I was like, I hadn't, hadn't had a chance to play before, like Mike Gerald. Oh, yeah, I played Brothers. played John Miller and then Ken Miller. <laughs> Unfortunately, cool. the Brothers did not fare well against me. <laughs> well, well, you know, that's, that is some of the things. I mean, you did, did you get Gerald, though, in first round? I, mean, I did. You did, did get Gerald, right? Yep. <laughs> I know your pain. I had the same problem at... Uh, the uh, something or other tournament we were at. Is that Blood in the Sun? <laughs> Blood in the Sun, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gerald uh, got five dogs into my face, <laughs> so I couldn't really do what I wanted. He got his charges off. And first turn, Hell Cannon misfires <laughs> on my Bloodthirster, but he rolls a six, so it still does the strength 10 D6 wounds hit. Oh, that sucks. Oof. And he uses his reroll token to go from two wounds on my Bloodthirster to five wounds to kill it. <laughs> no, that, I guess that is a... A good use of a real world token. Yeah. Very good use. <laughs> All right. So I mean, I mean, it has been. This has been a real surprise for a, a small GT. Mm-hmm. We we're at what forty-ish players or something like uh, that. Thirty-six is the total that walked in the door this morning. So so and the surprise. Yeah, eighteen the, times two. Eighteen tables. Yeah, and the mix of armies is really really surprising actually. So we've got yeah, a I huge mean, number of demons, warriors, and dark elves. But those aren't necessarily surprising, but the minimal ogres. Yeah, just two. Two ogres, yeah. That's, that blows and no head. wood elves, no chaos dwarves. No, no, no and no regular dwarves. No, no regular, dwarves, yeah. no beards of any wow. kind, yeah. except for this nice, fine beard that the cones do with the most sports. <laughs> yep. So how about your second game, Mr. Nickel? Second game, uh, I played demons on demons. That's always um, fun. Yeah, yeah he... He had uh, a mixed mixed list. He had two units of screamers, you know, uh, two units of ten flesh hounds actually, uh, which is pretty crazy. But Oof. he, as I want to do, I just rushed everything forward first turn. He chose to charge his bloodthirster and his ho- bloodletters into my horde of bloodletters. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for him, his bloodletters failed to charge. His bloodthirster made it in. <laughs> Uh, you know that that happens. So so he killed a few bloodletters, but then I eventually just you know got enough attacks on him. He didn't challenge. I, I encouraged him to do so, but he didn't. And so I just was able to throw a lot of attacks and just eventually ground him down. He he failed a couple break checks, took a couple wounds from that too, and and after that it was kind of like you know just used my furies to uh, muff him up and got some good flanks and. Yeah, I got the table there. Game three was crazy, though. It's it's not a lot to say about it. It was blood and glory. Uh, you break on three. My opponent had corn, war- corn warriors list with two Shagas, and he ran Valkia the Bloody. He ran Valkia the Bloody, and I moved, marched everything up first turn. He charged his entire army except for his Warnshine. Oh, wow. Valkia came into my Horde of Bloodletters with Skulltaker. Issued a challenge. Skulltaker steps up. Oh, yeah. I lose an attack from Valkia. I lose a strength. So I got three hits because I had hatred. And I rolled five, five, six. Heroic killing blow on a five plus. So Valkia took three killing blows. <laughs> Game <laughs> over. 
Yeah. Did, did, did you get like the plus two yeah, bonus for the scenario? You know, then you were definitely wandering around early. It was a, it was a, we took tw- it took twenty minutes, fifteen minutes of deployment, <laughs> and five minutes for turn one. Nice. That is that is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, he we didn't roll for him. Like the the scenario was that on a five plus, your general comes back. But because it said at the end of the phase, we played uh-huh. it where you lose your general and you you lose your or you break from your fortitude. So, game's over. So, he didn't have a chance to bring his general back before the game was over. But we talked to Alex after, like, we'd been roaming around for a little while, and he said that actually he intended it to be where even if you break from your general dying, you should still be a chance to bring him back to keep the game going. Ah, yeah, it's not bad. So, and the scenario was you get an objective point up to three for killing the general three times. (laughs) Which is which is actually really hard to get because they can only come back on a five plus. Yep. So so I, I got one point. Most people only got one point, but yeah, it was it was a it was, game was over really. I mean, it was he was a great guy about it. I was like, dude, that sucks. He's like, you know, I could have I could have kept Valkia and just put her in the corner and never brought her in. He's That's like, not but a he, game. he didn't want to put yeah. a four hundred point model like out of the game for the you know for the whole time. So all right, so. I do have to give you credit. You're the, the only demon player here with Mono God, pretty much. So that's exactly. always good. This I mean, it's true. the best of the gods, but hey, <laughs> but, but nobody's counting that. Greg Greg Dupuy usually runs all Nurgle, and he broke his habits for five or two units of five screamers. Yeah, gotta, they're not even painted green. I, I, I'm amazed. Evidently, the screamers are the new filth for demons. Right. Everybody's been throwing units of those in. Yeah, all it's, corn, it's, baby, it's all corn. So, it's a new <laughs> something. It's better than. Uh, I don't know, flamers maybe. Well, nobody the wants the flamers, flamers anymore. Yeah. Five flamers. <laughs> so, all right, well. all right, Jansen, gotta get back to my dark game. Yep. Sounds Thanks good. A lot. Yeah. All right, so that was Mr. Ryan Nickel of the Twisted Troop. We'll go ahead and give the Twisted Troop a shout out. They were the club champions at Wakpaka this last year in that's 2012. Correct. They won so. the Heine Hammer. Yeah, that's I mean, that's an achievement. <laughs> so that is a real achievement. So, and I had the good honor of playing Ryan at Wakpaka and losing to him. Yeah. Mostly off a squeak herd failing to charge. Yeah, and of course, Ryan has a gorgeously painted army. Oh, they are. They are drop-dead gorgeous. And, of course, uh, we'll give his uh, – yeah, it's yours, Ryan. We give it. We give all Hormel. I mean, Ryan can be remembered from the Bits show for being the Hormel king. Yeah, the advocate there. So, uh, buy Hormel. It's They're great pork. Yeah, he gets dividends, so buy Hormel. And Hormel, if you guys work at Hormel and are listening to this show, Wisco Dice will happily take your sponsorship <laughs> for a very low price. <laughs> so, anyways, let's go ahead and Paul. How how did you go today? What were your games like? I mean, what did I mean? You did bring Stompy from the show pictures. We I don't know if we've ever really talked about it. You see the show art, yeah, for Wisco Dice. And you see this big mammoth on all of our, the chaos mammoth on all of our show art for all of our our shows. Mm-hmm. That is your chaos mammoth, Stompy, right? That's correct. Uh, I got that a couple of years ago, painted up an army to match it, and painted up the, the model itself. So that is, yep, my actual model. Alex Gonzalez, who also helps run Adepticon, is running the tournament this weekend. And he was kind enough to say that if you want to bring anything from the 15 Army books, feel free. If you want to bring anything from Tomercon, as long as it is a single Army choice and it doesn't change Army composition, you're more than welcome to. So 
I kind of made my own little vow after I finished painting up Stompy that if there was a tournament that I could bring him, I would. So today, I ended up bringing him. That's pretty much true. Every time you have a chance to bring Stompy out, you bring him out. Yeah, and to be honest, it's kind of a bad habit of mine because he ends up losing me almost every game I play Stompy doesn't do a whole lot of stomping. No, he doesn't. Though it didn't sound like when you were recapping some of your games today with me earlier that Stompy did run wild at least in one game. That's true. I mean, um, the list that I brought was uh, just the Chaos Mammoth with the Warshrine and the Marcus Inch, Archaeon, a unit of 19 Chaos Knights with the Marcus Inch and full command, and then two units of 24 Marauder Horsemen with full command and shields. So the basic point of the list was to have two things for the, my opponent to focus on, which would be the Mammoth and the Archaeon's unit. And Archaeon did reasonably well in the first game, which I played against Meal. And Stompy did some stomping. He stomped nine and eventually ten wounds out of a seam tank. So he got something in the first game, but uh, didn't end up going too well in the end for me. I ended up getting Purple Sun. So, But my second game, now that was a pretty epic game for Stompy. Charged into a unit of five Cold One Knights and a Scarvet on Cold One. He held them down for a round of combat. And then my opponent charged in, uh, which was John from Peoria area. He charged in his two units of Saurus and a Stegadon. Now, Stompy decided that he just evidently decided to kind of stomp lightly. So he only ended up doing four or five wounds for two or three phases. So I whittled down my Saurus unit on the right to about four or five models. But finally, I got a good result on my table for Mammoth Attacks. And he ended up doing 19 wounds in one round of combat. That is amazing. So uh, my opponent was forced to take a break check at a negative 16 penalty. That's not a small penalty at all. <laughs> yeah. And especially, even if you have cold-blooded, trying to roll snake eyes is still pretty gosh not hard. It is pretty hard. Yeah. So uh, that was my second game. And then my third game I played against Paul Vinton. The story of that game was basically Stompy ran into a unit of witch elves, took 14 wounds, and a 4-plus ward safe I get from the Zinch War Shrine. I failed 11, so Stompy died. That, and that whole flank collapsed. So It sounds like some dice failed you, man. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty typical for me. All right. How about so, your game, sir? All right, so I started out today. I played against a gent that's actually shooting some pool, it looks like, here in the room by the name of Jake Murphy. Jake is, I think, the sole Brett player here. And he's no slouch of playing Brett, so I'll give him that. But this is a game of how many leadership chips can Jake fail? <laughs> and there was a lot of them. I mean, when you're when your battle standard, which you know, leader eight rerollable fails a panic check and runs off the board, that's the kind of game this was for Jake. And that's literally roll after roll after roll. It was almost I could almost count on it. Oh, you got to make a leader eight, a leader nine. Okay, you're running away. Oof. So I, I basically won the game, and then I still almost lost the game <laughs> to um, my. I, I mean, I'm playing Dark Elves, and it is a tougher list. I don't have many of the uh, saw points, but you're still dealing with a lot of tough three. And while, yeah, I can dish a lot of damage, you know, you get the Mind Raisers up, you get whatever, you can kick off a lot of models. You take almost an equal number back, and sooner or later you just run out of models. Yep. When you only got three or four guys left making swings, you just can't kill a lot of stuff. 
Even with a mind razor up. <laughs> mind razor. But I did beat Jake in the first round, and it was uh, so like. But I did not get the. It is very critical at this event to pick up the objectives, the major that's objectives. That's I me. Mean, that's three points of scenario, pretty much. Well, Mr. Nickel here wants to talk to us again, sir. Hey, look at these guys that have been drinking. Want to talk? Well, I just won my dart game, so now I'm back. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> There's always that. Yeah. I mean, I'll just listen to you guys, and I'll jump in every once in a while. That's always good. So, I mean, I guess since we're kind of in the recap of my games, let's go ahead and just pause here since we got a guest. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what is the secret to playing demons? Well, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to ask because... The well, se- you won Wakpaka. You gotta have some idea. And you what won the mustache competition. You've Come on. beaten the Konzi, we know that's hard to do. <laughs> I mean, it was like beating Paul, we know he doesn't have any real talent of this game, but you beat the Konzi. <laughs> I mean, you listen to the show, he gets five out of every six rules wrong. Yep. And then but. And five out of six tactics wrong. The, the seventh tactic is usually pretty right. Yeah, but how many tournaments have you won in the last six months, Ben? Not a lot. Yeah. Does it mean zero? Is that zero? Because I think for me it's three. How many people collectively? Oh, I'm, just I'm just saying. Those three tournaments. Yeah. How many people collectively in all three tournaments showed up? Paul played I don't know. In a I got the three trophies. That's, that's all I'm saying. We're talking about like 30 people, 10 people, 12 people a tournament darn near average. I can, I can win those usually. And the one I did show up to at those three, I was so sick. I should have stayed home, and I thought I was going to die. Excuses. <laughs> it wasn't alcohol sick either. Like, I was so sick. It was. It was cough syrup alcohol sick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I drank a lot of cough syrup that weekend. So you asked me what the secret of the demons is, right? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I run mono corn like we talked about earlier. So like I said, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because the secret for me is skip two phases of the game. <laughs> so literally, turn one of every of every game I play, for the most part, I march. Everything is pretty much as far as I can go. the The blood crusher huge block I roll, I usually only move it up ten inches too, so that everything's still in a line. But literally, I'm like, if you want to charge me, please do, like, because I want to be in combat. If you charge me, great. No matter what you're hitting me with, I'm usually gonna be like corn warriors, you know, whatever. Like, as long as the corn warriors don't hit me with like three chariots and like you know something I, I can usually beat them off but it's it's when it's it's for me there's not a whole lot of turn one like options it's for usually for me it's turn two what do i charge and wear and that's pretty much how it goes for me like i mean i i, I kind of making it sound like i don't have a lot of talent because i just push my shit forward and i mean my stuff <laughs> forward and operation know. grill yeah yeah pretty um, much i mean it's you go forward and, and it's and then you pick your battles and and it's really a kind of a challenge. I had the same kind of matchup against Chris Yu in my round two, actually, where it was he was playing orcs and goblins with massive unit of savage orcs, massive, massive unit of black orcs with Grimgore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you push those two units straight forward, he's within charge range on his turn two. Mm-hmm. It's either I charge him... Or he charges you. Or he charges me. And if he charges me, it's a lot worse because he's got his magic phase back in it, at least... At least when I charge him, I might make him. I have. To, I at least have my magic to help me, yep. or at least try to help me. So it was. It really was. It was me having to be 
it, and it does play into what you want to do. Like, oh, you charge me? Well, okay, I lose one one combat reason well, charge. And the other, the other part of it is you charge me. I'm not giving. I usually I'm not giving you like easy charges. Like maybe I'll give you a seven or an eight, but usually I'm not giving you like you need four to charge me, right? So, mm-hmm. so I like the chances are that you will fail one of the charges that you expected to get, and then the next turn I flank you or I do something else bad to you. The other piece of my army is furies. So, like, I have two units of furies, which aren't corn necessarily, but they're not any god. Yeah. So, that's the, that's where my tactical pr- comes in is where I will choose what can't get to me. So, my first turn, they can march twenty. In- I put them in the front line. They march twenty inches. I choose two units that is not going to get to me in turn two. You know what I mean? So, so I can march up and I I choose which unit he's going to be able to charge with, right? So I'm giving him charges, but I'm giving him only the charges that I want, at least in that first turn. So he either takes them or I charge him, right? So Sure. I hear that's a similar thing I should be doing with my Dark Elves, but <laughs> I haven't quite deployed that tactic with Harpies yet. Yeah. That was the problem in my first game is that he got the go first, and he had five units of dogs. So he did it before I could do it to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I hear that Mike Gerald guy is a pretty savvy Warhammer player to begin with. Though, yeah, so. I hear that too. He's also real cute, so. <laughs> I'll give you that. I mean, he tries to distract you. <laughs> All right, now that we got our ordering of the alcohol again. Yeah, exactly. I got a question for you, Mr. Nickel. Sure. Why do you play Warhammer? Oh, man. Why do I play Warhammer? That's, there's so many answers to that question. Uh, <laughs> I play Warhammer because, A, the first thing that comes to mind is, I really, really enjoy the game. Like, I love rolling, rolling dice, the random stuff that can happen that makes the game so much fun. Like, you know, you, you go in, you're thinking you're going to do all this crazy, you're, like, you're going to wipe this unit, and then all of a sudden something crazy happens where you whiff or, or they whiff, or, and then you don't know what's going to happen. The magic phase can go crazy. Like, killing blows could come up where you don't expect them. I mean, th- just the game in general is a lot of fun because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you can, you can predict, oh, yeah. but you don't. Every game is like telling a story a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So much, there's, I mean, there's so much you can control, but so much unpredictability, so much kind of crazy, craziness that can happen. Happen that really makes a story. Yep. And and to go off your story point, the second thing that I like love about Warhammer is I'm a huge fantasy guy. You know, I, I when I was younger, I started with Tolkien. I started with it, and so I love reading the fluff, and I love like the fluff behind the whole world. And then the third thing is like I come to these tournaments and I hang out with guys like you. Guys like, you know, Point Hair, my friends, you know, Jake Murphy, like, all these guys, like, they show up and they, we hang out, we play games. It's just, like, this huge camaraderie. I've made so many friends just through Warhammer that, like, I, you know, talk to on Twitter. I, 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 we get to these tournaments and it's, like, long-lost buddies kind of coming back together again, you know. So, so any of you out there who don't play tournaments, I would strongly recommend it. Even if you're not a competitive gamer, mm-hmm. come to, like, play the game, have fun. Join in the camaraderie, and if you get around me, you're going to drink a lot of beer. <laughs> exactly. Whether whether you're buying or, or Ryan's buying, that's usually a pretty subtle thing. I or, definitely hear you, though, Ryan. The whole thing about if you're not coming to tournaments, if you're scared that, oh, yeah, I'm not that good, or oh, yeah, who cares, I don't want to play that competitive, cutthroat attitude, who cares? It's a, it's it's about breaking out of that circle. There's so many Warhammer groups that are like, okay, I'm the three or four or five guys that play in my garage or play in my basement, and that's the guys I'm comfortable playing with, break out of that. Try to play against some other people. Go to your local game stores. Go to your, Get to some of the tournaments. Get to some of the bigger ones. 
and do the. It's it's not about going to the tournament. I certainly don't go to tournaments to play well, to win. Paula yeah. definitely doesn't. It's it's the it's the drinking. I mean, this is the guy that that's won three tournaments this year, but uh, and I haven't won any. Oh, uh, it's called the ogre list. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) But it was, it it is about that being social and being friends and and getting out there and like meeting so many new faces. Yeah. And the other thing about the tournaments is you go to these tournaments and you see, like some of the bigger tournaments, you see in 75 other armies or 80 other armies. Mm -hmm. You know, tonight, today, uh, this weekend, we're seeing 35 other armies besides yours. So you walk around, you see all these beautiful armies, it inspires you. It gives you ideas for con- your conversions for your army. Yep. Like my demon army was spurred off of an army that I saw at Adepticon. I saw nice. his army, and I'm like, that makes me want to run a corn army. So yeah, I'll be right there. So I so basically like that's what spawned my corn army was. I saw his army. I wanted to have that. So it's it's just a great great opportunity to meet new guys, play some great games, play some fun scenarios usually too. Yeah. So I I strongly encourage it. But with that. Gonna place the pool. I'm competitive. I gotta just keep competing, baby. <laughs> All Peace right, out. Yep. All right. Thank thanks you, Mr. a lot, Ryan. Very appreciate that. And that's probably the best part of the show. I mean, there's some really good material there. Some really good advice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, all the things about getting out, going to events. It really isn't necessarily so much about playing games. It's about being a member of the community and finding out that there's so many more other people. And it's okay. It is really okay to be. Adore. A cool one to be into <laughs> yeah. these games like this, mm-hmm. whatever miniature games they are. All right, and, and I also think it's one of those things that it's really about the experience of going to the tournament far more. Like you were saying before, I knew coming to this tournament that there was no way I was going to win. My army isn't painted nearly as well as most of the armies are here. And with the Mammoth, it's more of a liability than it is actually a good tactical choice. And so I wasn't anticipating winning even a game, so I'm pretty happy to win a game already so far in this tournament. Yeah, it's more about the experience of being able to push around your mammoth. Yeah, exactly. And, and everybody has come up to me and they're like, wow, the mammoth, that's awesome. You know, a lot of people didn't even know I had it because I can't bring it to tournaments. And when you see these people that, you know, you, you might see once a month, you might see once a year, it's kind of cool to be able to show off this new cool thing you have, even if it means you're giving up part of your game because it's yeah. fun. I've heard people talking about, like, oh, hey, we saw that all chaos, chaos army here. I mean, uh, people have been ta- people have brought up your army, and I have heard that. So Yeah. And, that I mean, that to me is the fun of it. I mean, you get to see models you normally wouldn't see. Uh, Miel Vermeulen, who I played in my first game, has the Forge World Elspeth. The, you mean the dreaded meal? The dreaded meal. Correct. The dreaded I, one. I grudged him first turn. That might not have been the best decision. But I wanted to see the two Forge World models battle it out. So it was the Mammoth versus Elspeth. But then he chickened out and he cast Purple Sun on the Mammoth as he flew into combat. I didn't want to actually fight. I think that's actually very Elspeth-ish. Yeah, probably. You're right. Why would why would an L4 that has little armor save want to ever engage mm-hmm. a big, giant, stompy Mammoth? <laughs> exactly. So, all right, so let's go ahead and I'll finish recapping my games and we'll take a break. All right, so obviously, starting talking about my round two matchup was gets Chris Hugh of Garage Hammer, the other yep. co host for that show. So, podcast versus podcast, who's the better player? <laughs> Come to find out, neither of us. We split <laughs> a draw, Chris's advantage. All right, so that was really good. That would I mean that was 
a ton of fun as a game. I mean, there was a little bit more. It was definitely, I mean, we were talking trash and whatever. There was, you know, the, the for those of you that don't know or aren't into American football, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears have a very big rivalry. Yeah, they Wisconsin, play, Illinois, neighboring states, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a huge rivalry. And Green Bay and Chicago played Thursday night before this event. And Green, Green Bay won! won. <laughs> With, so, what, four so interceptions was, and seven sacks? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> a great game for us that are, Badger, are Packer fans. Exactly. And to be able to, like, kind of, like, he started it. Yeah, he did. On Facebook, talking. he started trash-talking well, me on Facebook. Thursday. It was uh, at the beginning of the game, he was the first person to spit out a, <laughs> a Bears comment, which I followed up with, still suck. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was, but it was more, so I felt a little more competitive, like I had to do well in this game. Because it was podcast versus podcast, and not that I wanted to like, I just didn't Rub want to be the guy. I didn't anything. want to be the guy to lose. I didn't want to necessarily be able the guy that's talking about the trash talk, but definitely didn't want to be the guy to lose. And it was great that we split that game. It was this perfect draw, great game. I mean, it was a deadly game. We, I like, I managed to finally kill all the savage orcs. There was turn one combats, and it was like, <laughs> wow, it'd be there. I roll a lot of dice anyways because I have a lot of shooting. I mean, there's 30 repeater crossbow elves. There's 14 yep. shades in my list. That's a lot of shots. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you mean take basically take that times two. That's how many dice I'm rolling in the shooting phase. Couple that with like a 10 dice magic phase every turn. It's a lot of dice. It makes my games bog. And then all of a sudden turn one combats with spear elves that have an assassin, an L4. So I'm rolling 30, 40 dice there too. Yeah, that's that a lot of dice. Slow, yeah, and we, but we just—it was a slobber knocker, and at the end, draw. It was a what? Slobber knocker. What is it? What is a slobber knocker, Ben? Basically, a brutal conflict between two fo- foes that are basically fought to a complete and total utter standstill by killing almost everything in sight. Well, I learned a new word today. I don't know about you. You obviously haven't watched much of the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. You would absolutely be correct. Because <laughs> that's that's uh, one of the announcers says that a lot. Ah, all right. Well, cool. all right. So we moved into round three. I took on a lizardman player who had. I mean, he had That'd the be John from Peoria again. Yeah, the slon, couple big source blocks. Not a terribly, it wasn't like the ridiculous type lizardman list you normally well, it, would see. Except for the slon. The slon Which was wasn't even, he wasn't ethereal. No, yeah, well, he was immune to non-mag- non-magical attacks. And Whatever. he had a two-plus ward against I cha- ranged. I chased him around with my Dreadlord all game and never, enga- never engaged. He just I, he just basically positioned him, chased him around a Saurus block. Ah. And... Kept him so that whatever flank he was facing was just enough so I couldn't place my Dreadlord if I charged to be able to put him in base contact because he would not have enough room for his base for the <laughs> flank I was touching. Nice. So we played that game. It was a fortitude game, so whatever whoever reached the break point lost. Yeah, with the slon being worth he had, three points. Yeah, alone. he had seven break points. There's seven fortitude, and I had six. 
the game when time was called, we got through five turns. Time's called. I was at. I had lost two fortitude points. He had lost three fortitude points. So we both had a fortitude point left. It was another. It was another slobber knocker for the people that have learned a new word. It was really brutal. I mean, one of the things. I mean, I have most of the real tricks. I mean, there's a sack dagger. There's a pendant in my list. Two hydras. There's two hydras. I've got all the shots aforementioned. You, you think I have all the tools in my list. I mean, I basically have the unkillable Dreadlord. Short of a stubborn crown, he's the unkillable Dreadlord, Dreadlord on Pegasus. I have the, the L4 who's got the black amulet, so I'm bouncing back armor. You know, every time I pass the ward sale, I'm passing back that wound. Which is I mean, I nice. killed... I killed a uh, Stegadon in that game with a, the bounce back wound. <laughs> I did two wounds to Grimgore with the bounce back wounds. Nice. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the third one. <laughs> there were a lot. I mean, it was. I mean, there was a lot of little trickiness. I mean, I took the assassin. I took the combat assassin. People say that's like nobody ever takes that, but mm-hmm. I find that the combat assassin is so critical because you got to remember one: the assassin doesn't have to pop. Yeah. So if it if it doesn't if it looks like you're going into a combat where the guy's gonna die, you just don't pop him. Yeah. You're like, okay, but if you're going into that combat where you're like, okay, I can put him on the edge of the unit, he's gonna take mi- minimal swings back at him. He is weapon skill nine, so most guys need fives to hit him. I'm gonna dish out, you know, three to four wounds with him that are probably gonna kill things. That I keep him in a unit with armor piercing. So all of a sudden, you know, not only am I hitting, wounding on basically man banes, I'm wounding on one strength better than your toughness, but then I'm also armor piercing. So, oh, hey, those are orcs that are strength or tough four. Well, I'm wounding strength five, it's minus two. And, oh, well, you thought you had an armor save. No, you don't. Yeah, that's pretty helpful. So I did end up, we did end up coming down to victory points in round three. And I did snub out by about 200 victory points the win. Nice. So, I mean, it was a close game, and we had given up. I mean, I, he had given up like 1,800 and some points. I had given up 1,600 and some points. Yeah. So, it was. I mean, we gave up a lot of stuff. And, I mean, a big chunk of my points were like the, I had four or five Spear Elves with my L4 fleeing. It wasn't like those things would rally. I don't think he could have pushed him off the table in turn by turn six unless I had a huge flea roll. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to. I was very close. Actually, I'm. The fleeing, fleeing spear elves were actually the Chris U game, but I've been drinking, so we'll we'll give me some credit there. Exactly. But it was a good tournament. It was. It's so far, it's been really good. I mean, yeah. I've had some of the three of the most enjoyable games I've had in Warhammer. Laugh, trash talking. Yep. And I played against two opponents I've never played before, so that was also amazing. Yep. And I, I mean, I have two of the three of the opponents I've I believe I have not played before. Jake Murphy, I'm not 100% sure, but everybody else, yeah, I'm really sure I haven't played against them before. So Very cool. Really good really good event. i really got to thank Alex Gonzalez, the venue here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to being able to come back next year already, to be honest. They yeah, get, this will be another event that's on the For only 36 people, there's so many people here that I want to be I'm really with. hoping that, that he sees the value add in doing it and does another one next year. I know there's always he's doing this as a private venue, so it's always that expense of it and stuff. Yeah. There's a little bit of that discouragement. You always got to get you got to get things started. And usually if everybody comes and walks away from it and they're talking good stuff and they're saying good stuff, that means the next year 
more people show up. That's the lesson I've learned when running Mayhem. You just got to keep you got to keep that perseverance. Every year it keeps getting bigger and better and better and better. Yep, exactly. All right, so I think we'll go ahead and cut a break here. Then we'll come back. We will talk about. Uh, we'll hopefully get some more interviews, maybe, and maybe then we'll talk about our day two games and wrap the show up. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And in this quarter, we have Paul Wagner, otherwise known as PJ Shard, otherwise known as at Wisco Dice. And in this corner, we have Ben Cohn, otherwise known as Duggan Brightax, otherwise known as the Conesy with the most. Yes, and it's going to be the fight of the century on October 20th, only available on pay-per-view. What do you mean, pay-per-view? Pay-per-view. you got to donate to extralife.org, otherwise... We're not going to have this fight of the century happen. What's this extralife.org? Extralife.org. You see, what the thing is, it's a charity where you donate for kids that don't have enough money. But anyway, on the Warhammer, if you donate and we meet our goal by October 20th, we're going to play a game of Warhammer Fantasy at 21 hours of our 24 hours of being awake. That sounds like it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, and we're going to play it for you unedited. That'll be amazing. Yeah, and that's only available if you donate to extralife.org. Yep. Extralife.org. Extralife.org. Saturday, October 20th. Be there. And we're back. All right, and we is back. Okay, so we're both pretty tired. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We might not be as exciting for the next couple seconds. Oh, <laughs> we're always exciting. <laughs> Anyways, we have just completed day two. We're in the car driving back to Wisconsin from Screw City GT. Yes, Wisconsin, who has no tolls. Yes, oh, that is I mean, an amazing, Such awesome a glorious thing. state for not having tolls. Well, and they have Packers, which is in Badgers. and, and uh, Yeah, can you believe how many people told us this weekend that we couldn't talk about the Packers? That like, was we just kicked your butts. It was like, come on. It was a great game, and we won. What do you mean we can't talk about it? Well, you know. Anyways, we're, this isn't a sports cast, and people are probably like, oh, man, we're tuning you out. All right. Screw City GT, an amazing event. It was a great time. Oh, yeah. Alex uh, Gonzalez runs amazing stuff. Uh, I really yeah. recommend those folks that were uh, on the fence or didn't go this year, make sure you're there next year. Venue was great. The drinking was amazing, and <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah, you did a lot of drinking. Yeah, it was, there's something about being up partying until 4 in the morning. That you just love, evidently. Evidently, yeah. Evidently. It worked out okay. I, I did. <laughs> so let's go ahead and, and do a little quick talk about what we did and how we played for day two. All right. Well, I'll start off. I was using my mammoth again. And my first game, I played... I can't remember now. Wow. Way to go. Wow, this is how tired way to be I am. A, way to be a disappointment. I can't remember what I did six hours ago. Oh, I know. <laughs> I played Andrea Schwant, otherwise known as, uh, I can't even think of her Twitter handle. Anyway, Lucky Sixes. There we okay. go, at Lucky Sixes. She was playing the Demons, and she had a Kairos list. Three three Screamers, Bloodletter Horde, a deep horde of, uh, not horde, a deep unit, six Demonettes wide, deep, I believe, as well. Uh, and then she had a little Herald of Zinch flying around with Death Spells. Which, of course, for me is not the best thing because death spells and snobby don't get along too well. Really? Oh, yeah. 
Wouldn't have was, thought that. I wouldn't have thought of that. I, I, I tell you, if the Mammoth had more than an initiative of one, it wouldn't be so much of a negative competitive it investment. Like, it does look like a giant, slow, stompy beast, though. So, I mean, I and, understand. It, and it does that. I understand. And it fits the miniature, but it's such a liability in-game that it's it's really, really hard to recover from that. But, point of fact, we ended up playing the scenario where... Th- we both played the scenario. It's an 18-inch square of plastic that was put... Clear plastic put down on the board. And the scenario was you had to keep your general in that square of plastic from turn three on. And if general ever left, left that square of plastic, you or lost. Or was killed. Or was killed, correct. And so the game basically went that I, to use Johnny Hastings' term, uh, worked with Operation Grill. So my fast cav moved straight 12 inches forward, and then first move 18 inches forward. I put the fast cav on the right to make sure the Blood Letter Horde couldn't get in on my unit of knights, and then on the left as well to cross off a unit of fiends that was threatening, and then put my unit of knights forward and my Stompy behind it. Stompy ended up doing pretty much nothing all game. He failed to kill three Screamers over three rounds of combat. He was not effective. Archaon on my knight unit went up forward to the front edge, basically, of the square. I knew that I couldn't go forward and try and kill anything because with demons they're unbreakable and that would have been kind of an issue to try and get back into the square by the third round. So I just kind of had to sit there and wait for Andrea to come for me. And she eventually did end up being able to break both my units of fast cav, charge in with the blood letter horde, and for the daemonettes. And wouldn't you know it, she got to roll a 10 on her magic phase and got off mind razor on the daemonettes. And they basically just took care of everything for me. So Arcane ended up running away. But Stompy ended up living. He had eight wounds at the end of the game, which is by far the most number of wounds that he's ever had at the end of a game. So now he's he went crazy yesterday. Oh, yeah. And in the one game that he was crazy in. Well, in one, one round of that one game, yes. And <laughs> then he actually survived He survived the first whole game today. Game, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, so Stompy, Stompy did well. All right, so then we go ahead and move into your round five. Round five. What did I play round five? My mind is just... That was the what well, you just did, dude. I know. I mean, we had an I award know. ceremony in between. Man. You were, you were playing on... Well, uh, you guys changed the table number, but yeah, it was the It was the table bottom, 16. It was the, it, but, it was the bottom of the bottom table. It was not. I was on 16. Tables went uh, down to 18. But, you know, the bottom three okay. tables decided we'd cover up the six and we'd call ourselves table one. So I was playing against uh, a John. I can't remember your last name. I apologize, John. Who was playing Lizardmen. And this scenario... Yeah, I, play, I had played um, guest, uh, on day one. All right. No, this was actually a separate guy. A second John that played Lizardmen. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We had that clear plastic square in the center again. And you had to have fortitude in that center to win this scenario. So I again got first turn, executed Operation Grill, got right up in the front. But I tell you, the story of this one was 140 poison shots per round, which pretty much eliminated Stompy from doing anything effective. Yeah, this scenario really has got to be negative for it because you like you need to ram all your fortitude into the center and the skinks mm-hmm. go, Oh, okay. I don't care about being in the center, so I'll just dance around the center and shoot you to death. Exactly. And uh, Archaon and the Knights did 
reasonably well, uh, but they got kind of fed little units, and I just I couldn't get little, anything. Little to units where it needs are to go. are kind of hard for them to digest, anyways. Yeah, so it it worked out well. He stomped through three whole units, but that was about it for Archeon. So he ended up being out of the square when the game ended. So I got no points for that one either. So there we go, game five. Okay, so we had. I'll go ahead and I don't know how many of the much of my games I actually recap from day one, but we're not too worried about that. <laughs> day two games were well, great. This, they were awesome. I mean, I had my my. I mean, I didn't have a bad opponent all weekend. It was that was five of the best opponents I've played at a tournament. Agreed. I have uh, to sincerely agree with that sentiment. So I, I'm really I really am happy and and so with that. And so game five or game four going in, Paul started talking about the scenario. I had uh, took on Greg Depoy, which I had taken on at Blood in the Sun. Uh, and yes. if you remember the retelling of Blood in the Sun, it was a turn one pit of shades on Papa Nurgle. <laughs> Pop, he fails his initiative tech, and he was off the board. Yep. So I had the option this game to get pit of shades or to take mind razor on the one doubles mm-hmm. i took mind razor thinking ah, i'll just i'll go mind razor i don't want to have to pit him that seems counterintuitive he rolled the nurgle spell he's level one on papa uh-huh. rolled the nurgle spell that you have to take a toughness test or take d6 wounds my general is my dreadlord <laughs> who is toughness elf toughness elf <laughs> One up armor, yeah. Two up again. Two up ward against flaming or pendant of Kaleth or inverse ward. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean that's the general kit. He's got a great and clean one. I've got a Pegasus, basically unkillable dreadlord on on Pegasus. All right. So turn three, I'm basically as far as victory points are concerned, I'm winning this game. Mm-hmm. Turn three, he gets an irresistible force on that spell. Yep. Which was probably bound to happen. Yeah. I roll my initiative check. I roll a four. Oh. Okay. I turn around. I've got a re-roll. You could get re-rolls. I believe you mean your toughness check, correct? Yeah, my toughness check. You had said initiative. Oh, sorry. Toughness check. Elves have higher initiative than four. That's all. Yeah, definitely the Dreadlord would. I I I use my re-roll token on the initiative check. Roll a six. Toughness check. Sorry. (laughs) Toughness check. Yeah, we are tired. (laughs) Toughness check, roll a six. Uh oh. Dreadlord fails check. Greg rolls for wounds six. <laughs> I've got no ward save. Because there's this. no strength. No strength, and it's not flaming. Oof. So, Dreadlord Oof. gone. Game over. Ooh. So, I, I guess that's kind of a sweet payback, though, for Greg, because I pop. You know, like I said, I mean, it kind of what, what comes around stays around, I guess, and so I kind of, yeah, exactly. I kind of had it coming. So we 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 kind of at the end of the game, we're like, yep, we got to meet up again in a tournament and do this one last time, one more time. <laughs> All right, so going to the game round five, played a gent who'd been in the hobby for a long, long time. With he was playing vampire counts. All right, the the big trick to his list is he had the graveguard graveguard box with great weapons. Like mm-hmm. twenty five or thirty of them, I don't remember. Uh, he put his vampire lord in there, all right, which was the a fighty vampire lord. So the infinite hatred and 
the I don't remember what it's called, but you basically for every successful wound you get to roll those again as attacks. Oh yeah, um, uh, on the bloodthirster was it? Or? No, on oh. the vampire lord. Oh, on the vampire lord, it's like bloodthirster or something like that, I believe. Yeah, or red some, fury, red fury. Yeah, yeah. There we go. He's got that in there. He's got another vampire with a great weapon in there. He's got his battle standard with a great weapon in there. Oof. I'm kind of intimidated by this. On the flank of this unit, he puts five hex wraiths. Yeah. Yeah, five hex wraiths. And right behind him, he moves his Vargeist on turn one. <laughs> the hex wraiths are ten inches away. Here's one of the big keys to this to this win. I get I go for the charge. Again, we have a reroll token. I it's a ten inch charge. I roll a six, three, three. Mm-hmm. I pick up a three, re-roll it, I get a four. I make the charge of the Dreadlord into the Hex Wraiths. Mm-hmm. My Dreadlord's got a... Took the plus two strength sword so I can actually damage the Hex Wraiths. Mm-hmm. I kill four. Yep. They bust. Or they it, they explode. I overrun into the Vargeists. The Vargeists, then in his turn, I beat the Dickens out of them. They pop. Mm-hmm. I reform. Char- rear charge the Graveguard, uh-huh. the Dreadlord. I then charge the front with a Hydra and the Spear Elf block, which I've got a combat assassin in the Spear Elf block, into the Graveguard. The Graveguard are equidistant with his ogre, the ogre-based ghouls. I can't think of what they're called. Uh, they're Cryptors, I Yeah, believe. the Cryptors. Yep, that's what they are. I So I pull them in with the Spear Elves. I then turn around and charge the Cryptors with a Chariot, Coldon Chariot, and Hydra. All right. Okay. Now... I'm kind of estimating this. I mean, I got the breath weapons on the Hydras. I figure I win this combat by seven or eight. That's just kind of eyeballing it. You get that many dice you're rolling, that's probably what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I turn around and Mind Razor the Spear Elves. Mind Razor! And I win the combat by... F- I don't use the breath weapons on the Hydra. I win the combat by 15. Oof. Also, I mean, I killed the Vampire Lord. I, I popped... Uh, I got the BSB down to one wound left, and then with the crumble results, all there was left out of all that pile was one wound on the hero vampire. Wow. At that point, he's like, okay, this is fortitude into the center. I need to go ahead and get going anyway, so let's go ahead and give up this. I give ahead and give up this game. Mm-hmm. We shook hands. We chatted for quite a while after the game. But more of the story was Mind Razor plus two Hydras plus Chariot and Dreadlord in the rear equals Dark Elf win every, <laughs> all, every day of the week. Yeah. I mean, it was the best scenario for me to do that. And, and I think the kill box kind of made that a, a reality. So, mm-hmm. all right. I think we'll go ahead here and I'm going to go ahead and cut a break. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and talk about the winners and the raffle and... Rock con and all sorts of good stuff. All right. Talk to you after this. Hey, Ben. Yo. You live in Wisconsin, right? Last I checked. And you play Warhammer, right? I sure do. I'm getting really tired of playing you every week. How do you get a hold of other people to play Warhammer in Wisconsin? Well, I just post over on the WWHFB forums. WWHFB? What's that? What's the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League? Really? Yeah, there, there's, there's one in Wisconsin. Yeah, that's what they are. They are all over the place. Really? Whether it's so, Milwaukee it's, or Madison, Janesville or or Lacrosse, they're all over. They got members everywhere. They're always looking to play games, answer questions about Warhammer. 
Just have fun. Wow, that sounds awesome. What was that website again? It's at www.wwhfb.com. Was that wwhfb.com? Yeah, that's it. wwhfb.com. That is it. I'll have to check it out. All right, you do. All right. Yes, yes, my precious, my precious. Your precious what? My precious everything, my Warhammer, my 40K, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic cards. You can find them all at Misty Mountain Gaming. Really? Yeah, Misty Mountain Gaming, located on Cottage Grove Road in Madison, Wisconsin. They have pretty much everything you can imagine for gaming in Madison. Okay, so if I just run down to Misty, I can pick up all sorts of good stuff? Oh yeah, board games, everything. And I hear they have the largest gaming space in Madison, too. So if I need to run an event there, I could get all the space I need, huh? Oh yeah, Misty Mountain Games on Cottage Grove Road. Alright, well I think I'll jet out to Misty right about now. Sounds good. Okay, we is back. Woo! Yeah, we are. Wow, there's no car noise. No. No bar noise. No. We must not be recording right now from some place at Screw City GT or on the way back. I would have to agree with that. All right. And, and we're more awake. Yeah, conscious, I, so. I'm not exhausted. I'm not forgetting people's names in which army I played less than an hour ago. Uh, frankly, pathetic, but I was exhausted. I mean... Uh, but also humorous. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. All right, <laughs> so... We wanted to go ahead and just cut a main topic for the show. All right. And so we're going to talk a little bit, since Nickel did such a good job of kind of talking about demons and letting us know about demon stuff, being the demon kind of guy he is. Exactly. We wanted to go ahead and, and just talk a little bit about our own personal thoughts about demons, and we'll go from there. So first off, what Paul, what is the one thing or that you think of when you see demons, when you're playing against them, that you're like, ugh, I just don't want to see that. Or, and, and or how do you sometimes deal with that? Or what, do you, what are your thoughts on dealing with some of those things? My initial thoughts with demons are, number one, they never run away. You always got to break every single one of them. And number two, they have some really scary monsters that can mitigate the fact that they have to put a lot of points into their big blocks. That's what I think when I look at them and I'm like, okay, usually... You think, okay, if I'm playing with my ogres, I've got this gut star. I'm pretty confident it can run through anything and put enough wounds on something to really destroy it. But with demons, it's just the confidence isn't there. I can kill a whole lot of demons, but the chance of them running away is nil. Unless I somehow manage to do more wounds than they have models through combat, through instability checks and through combat. So for me, it's a lot of... It's a hard place, and you got the Rock of the Bloodthirster or Papa Nurgle or whatever. It really makes it a hard matchup. Yeah, I mean, when I when I sit down and I play against demons, the first thing that really pops when I'm looking at them, the first couple things that I go grr about, the first units I, I units or models I see that I go grr about, are the usually the Papa Nurgle seems to be one of those guys that I just don't seem to have answers for he's not that horrible he's just four billion wounds yep but you know and he's really never usually that destructive on the board but he's one of those things that i usually struggle taking off and once he gets in with like a with another block if he can get into combat with another block and just do combat support mm -hmm. his attacks his thunder stomps and him bellowing out some challenges really can really can wreck your game plan in a hurry mm-hmm 
I think one of the other things that I think about when I see demons is that they have so many choices of how to make a competitive army. So if I'm looking at a demon player and I'm saying, I'm going to be playing demons next round, I really have to go look at the army to really understand what it is that I'm going to be facing. Because you have so many different builds that you can make that can be for a very competitive list. And that there's a lot of flexibility in that list too. So I've really got to figure out what exactly the player is planning on doing with his army before I can counteract it. Whereas with some other armies, it just you don't have to worry about that as much. Uh, I mean, I'm not so worried about the other most of the demon units themselves because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a five up board save, but unless your opponent's rolling really hot, that you're gonna you're gonna cause casualties. Most of the army is toughness three or four with a five up ward save. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna chew through it if you can get your punchy combat troops into into combat with them. Yeah, it's more so the heralds. Like the first thing I see when I'm playing against demons, here's like the first thing I can say playing against demons that I look for is you got to kill the heralds kill. I don't, I don't care about the bloodthirst or I don't care about Papa. I don't care about the blocks. I care about killing the heralds, kill the heralds. You kill the strength of the demon army. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's kind of really the truth behind why so many people have a hard time with demons. Every army you're going to have that level four or general or BSB. And you know that taking out one of those three characters is really going to hurt the army a lot. However, with demons, you've got the level four, you've got the general, you've got the BSB, and then you've got all these other mini heroes that have to become targets. Empire is starting to get that a little bit too with the addition of warrior priests giving hatred to the whole unit and then seeing them more on the board. They add this really, really nice buff that really helps the unit a lot to get through those combats where they wouldn't necessarily be nearly as well without that character in there. And so you have probably six or seven targets that you really look to kill each game in addition to the units themselves instead of two or three like you might have in most other armies. Yeah, it's not the the character's not there. To, you're not killing the character just to kill a character. Of course, it's victory points. Uh-huh. And it's with demons, if you're not necessarily guaranteed to break units, you know, it's guaranteed victory points. But on top of it, every herald buffs units mm-hmm. in some crazy way. The Slanish one's give an ASF. The Nurgle one's giving the regen. The Zinch one's giving the plus one to the ward save. And the Corn one's giving them hatred. I mean, they're not bad buffs either. They're really nice. No, you go from a unit that you're like, eh, yeah, I can take this in combat to a unit that all of a sudden is now really can be threatening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of the background of the demon army is that most armies, their core choices can be kind of a concession. They don't necessarily have that great of a unit selection to be able to make something competitive. High elves immediately come to mind. You've got Spearman, you've got Bowman, you've got Lothar and Seaguard, but none of them really seem to fit well as something that really helps become a cornerstone of your army. But with demons, the core are the cornerstone of the army, and they fit so well. It's not like you're wasting points just to fill your core selection. Yeah, they definitely have some of the best core in the game mm-hmm. as far as base core troops and then what you can do to buff them. So I guess the the number one things when I'm playing against them, I, I'm really concerned about it. I've been in, have been those Papa Nurgles. If I can't get rid of him early, he seems to run rampant and wreck mm-hmm. whatever it is I'm playing. And lately it's been Dark Elves, and they, he's done a good job of wrecking Dark Elves. Yeah. And, I mean, when we're talking about Nickel, he runs an all-corn army, and he actually, I'm not nearly as scared to face him. I feel like I can handle it a little bit more just simply because he doesn't have magic. Because demons can do magic so well. 
They have so many options to be able to make sure that they have every spell that they need without having to worry about rolling for them or anything like that. That is true. I mean, but it, the, you know, the one thing with demon magic is you don't see a lot of L4s on the board. It's usually mm-hmm. an L2, L2 with lore master yeah. on whatever lore they want, which is great. They have the spells they want, but you're usually at least in a plus two dice advantage when going into spelling. So mm-hmm. that, can, that can mean you have the a bit advantage to be able to stop two spells. If they roll low on one, mm-hmm. you can, oh, hey, well, that's an easier one for me to bust with two dice or something like that. Yeah. Now I have the dice left over. I can ensure a second, I can stop a second spell. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to shut those phases down. Yes. That lore master ability really gives them a huge flexibility as well, though, since it's any eight of the rulebook lores, which really just makes them above and beyond you don't know what the list is built for until you honestly see it put down on the table. The exact same army list with death would run completely separate from the exact same army list with life. They're pretty common. So, I mean, it, you you can kind of anticipate it. And if they, if they are taking life or they are taking death, mm-hmm. you know, you're at a tournament, you're seeing these lures on so many armies right now. Lore, the death, mm-hmm. death, life. Metals coming up again now. Metals even getting some popularity. Mm-hmm. So you're you're seeing these lures, and you're pretty much can guess exactly what they're going to be casting and what yep. order they're going to be casting. Mm-hmm. And so your same techniques. That's something that doesn't jump out to me as too threatening, just because it's stuff I see in so many other tournament armies and so many other armies I'm playing against. It's like, oh well, it's the same stuff. I'm just seeing that they just got a different variant, and they don't do it. Quite as well as, say, that Dark Elf or that High Elf Major, that Slon. (laughs) Exactly. But, to be honest, I do enjoy seeing Demon Armies on the table. They really usually have a great selection of color on the units themselves. And they look a little bit more cohesive than other armies to me because they don't have the accoutrements that all the other armies have. For example, when you're painting a High Elf, you've got the flesh, you've got the armor, you've got the sword, the weapon. With Demons, it's always, you know, you've got the demon, you might have some clothing and the weapon. And they all look very cohesive when you see them as a full army. Well, I guess you could almost say, I don't, I mean, it depends on what they do. If they do closer to traditional, Mm -hmm. where it's, oh, well, corn's in red, the Nurgle stuff's in green, Mm -hmm. the Slanish stuff's in purple and pinks, the Zinch stuff's in some blues, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're... You've got a lot of colors popping all over the place, but you start to lose cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's, those are some things, I mean, appearance-wise, that, that can be a challenge with working with demons. So Yeah. You can also do a really nice theme. Like Nickel has done, the Raj is working on a theme for his army as well. They're really a fun army to theme. But I think we're getting a little bit off topic here. I think that was a, it was a good topic, though. It wasn't what we're shooting for, but that was, that was a good thing to kind of talk about for those of you that are kind of interested in doing demons. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, if you want to see a unique one, go check out what the Raj has been doing lately. It's He's definitely got a very unique take. He's got a very unique list as well. Who is this Raj guy? Well, he's on Point Hammered. So if you don't listen to Point Hammered, number one, you should. <laughs> If if you're over eighteen, if you're, if over you're 18. under eighteen, you better get your parents' permission. It is a very explicit show, but it's those guys. It's it's how those guys talk. If you get to know those guys, that they are, they're just basically kind of being themselves. Yeah, they're and they're yes, great guys, their and they swear. are kind of 
true. <laughs> yes. There's, there's, there's it's no, not kind of about no, it. It's absolutely yeah, no maybe. true. That's, that's the way those guys are. I mean, they're, they're partiers. They're a ton of fun. But you can check out like a lot of the Rogers and Johnny stuff. If you don't listen to the show, you can go to magnificentbastards.com. Correct. That's a pretty. That's a really good blog. A bunch of the better hobbyists in the Midwest, Midwest. all mm-hmm. all are invited and, and do some blog posting there. So yeah, for me, the fun thing about playing demons is just kind of seeing how each player uses them and how, it, especially with this last tournament at Rockcon, how the list changed from the last tournament that I went to, which was at Blood in the Sun. So that was only a four-month difference, is that right? No, Blood in the Sun was in July, wasn't it? Um, if it was, if it was July, it was beginning of July. It was tail end of June or beginning of July. I think it was tail end of June. Okay, to September, right? So that's a three-month turnaround. And I saw many of the same people playing many of the same armies at RockCon as I did at Bits. Obviously, that's going to happen. You mean at uh, Screw City GT? I'm sorry, at Screw City GT. Man, you're not even tired and you're messing that up. (laughs) So, I mean, the thing is, the prevalence of Screamers in all these armies was definitely something that I hadn't anticipated, but evidently, they're the new filth. Well, I don't know if it's a new filth. It's that they now have a real role when they can do something on the table, whereas before they couldn't do anything. So now that you know, now that you got a model that you couldn't do anything with before, and now mm-hmm. it does stuff. I mean, I took four wounds to a hydra with one. Um, they I almost mean, it killed, almost killed it. They almost killed my mammoth I mean, with their lamprey bites. I mean, that, thing. you know, so they have a role. And not only that, I mean, they they really can do quite a bit of stuff. Plus, they're and amazing the, chaff. And with the decrease in the ability of flamers now, mm-hmm. it, they do come on as a little bit better option. I mean, the demon armies still look pretty much the same. It's just a little less flamer and a little more, uh, and a little more screamer. screamer yeah. And I, th- I don't know. I think the screamers will probably will continue to see them on the table. I think they're a really good choice. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see them a little less as people get more and more used to playing the the lists maybe six months out mm-hmm. and if rumors are true you still there's still the potential for a demon book mm-hmm. sometime in the next six months so yeah and it, as always the synergy of the armies can really flip on its head when you get a book release because it, it should probably be that the screamers won't really change that much if they change it all with the new army book but everything else has the potential to just really get completely restructured and yeah so, uh if the army book goes away from being something that's a little bit slower and really moves towards something that gets across the table faster. Maybe screamers won't have that much of a bonus to them because of their fast movement. But I mean, that's all complete speculation. Who knows what's going on with the demon books? So I had one question for you though. Ben. What would you do to beat demons? What do I do to beat them? Yes. It's somewhat revolves around what army I'm playing. I mean, of course there's that <laughs> say with your dark elves. Say with the Dark Elves, yeah. I generally want to shoot the Dickens out of the Tough Three stuff. Yep. And Pit of Shades or whatever it is, the big monster, whether it try to do something to get that big Gribbly off the board. Even if that it's a low percentage shot, mm-hmm. they need to roll a five or a six, and then poof, it's gone. I, I want to take that shot because the units don't intimidate me that much with like Dark Elves or with Orcs or most of the armies I play. Mm-hmm. They don't intimidate me. Once you kill the heralds, the units themselves aren't that great. Yeah, I mean they're good, but they're not like oh they're... my god, it's amazing. Because it, once when when they die, yeah, sure you you run a risk of breaking. But if you can go if you can go toe to toe and kill kill tough three stuff quickly, mm-hmm. like your your savage orcs or your regular orc boys with two choppas going up against blood letters, mm-hmm. 
you're going to chew up those blood letters just as fast, if not faster, than those blood letters are going to chew you up. Yep. You kill that herald, now all of a sudden you take away hatred, you take away some extra killing power, mm-hmm. and you're able to get your characters now into killing those blood letters, maybe even swinging before the blood letters. Like with the orcs, in that case, I usually have as many, if not more, orcs in my unit than you have blood letters. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty close to a toss-up once... Once I kill Harold, yeah. Against uh, with the Dark Elves, I want to shoot that tough three stuff. I want to get, I want to take that tough three stuff and get it all off the board with shooting as much as possible. Whether it's Dark Elves, Empire, whatever, mm-hmm. dwarfs, because it's tough three. It's just just about the easiest stuff in the game to wound. Mm-hmm. Those are the units that are the like staple units. I mean, it's the Daemonets and the and the Bloodletters and even horrors to an extent these are those staple units of the the army and there's so many models of tough three stuff they can you can just evaporate that stuff yeah and i think with the ogres what i'd really try and do is try and focus on one unit at a time and use my mornfang to make sure that that happens with my big unit and then obviously use the iron blasters to get that big gribbly whether it be a bloodthirster or papa nurgle whatever is going on on the board and i think that's pretty standard for an army that's got shooting and a decent amount of combat to it. So yeah, Big guns shoot big things, and it yeah. holds very true for the demons. You take your big guns, shoot them at big things, or you take your big magic and shoot it at the big things, mm-hmm. and then you can go ahead, because if you can't get rid of the Bloodthirster from ranged, or you can't get rid of the Papa Nurgle, he gets into, those car- those things get into combat, especially if they're supporting mm-hmm. the damage from, like say, the Bloodletters, combined with the damage from a bloodthirster or a papa or whatever mm-hmm. greater demon that it might be will chew your unit up much so much exponentially faster mm-hmm. and i think the real i guess lesson that you could kind of take from this is let's put it this way 12 points for your core units doesn't really seem like that good of a deal for demons until you bring that herald in there and then it kind of makes sense why they're 12 points apiece. that really good buff from a pretty cheap herald really makes them into 12-point-a-model units. However, you kill that Herald, and they're down to maybe eight, seven points a model units, and their effectiveness goes proportionally down. So you take out that one model, and all of a sudden their army becomes that much less effective. And I think they lose not necessarily 90 points of effectiveness, but maybe 200 or 250, really, depending on which unit you're taking that away from. Sure thing, so... All right. All right. So let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and try to wrap the show here. Thank all of our sponsors. And yep. we did that initially in the beginning of the show, but make sure you're hitting prismgamer.com. You Correct. know, those guys, those guys, those dice towers that they make and they're the paints that they have are great. Mm-hmm. I was having some fun using them yes, this week. So you'll hear about in the next episode about that. All right. That sounds good. Lastsquare.com. Yep. All right. You can there. shop there 20% off anytime mm-hmm. on GW stuff. That's always a great discount. And, of course, Misty Mountain right down the street. Yeah, Misty Mountain Games on Cottage Grove Road. The WWHFB, if you're in the Wisconsin or even the Midwest area, you need to check out or find out what's going on gaming. You can hit the WWHFB.com. Correct. The second league term of this year is running right now for those people that are interested in doing some league play. And that's having a great time right now. Yeah, though, I mean, so. lots of fun, so. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you check out us at the website, wiscodice.com. Was that wiscodice.com? Yes, it was wiscodice.com. All right. Check the forums, post forums there. We we spent a little quiet. We kind of kind of been sad and lonely. We want some people to <laughs> chat with us, so make sure you hit the forums. 
great folks that do check that place regularly. Check the Facebook group, mm-hmm. Wisco Dice. We have a Facebook group. We also have a Facebook page. We're still looking for 100 likes there. We have 13 more to go and hit our 100-like goal. Once we get 100 likes on our fist, on our Wisco Dice Facebook page, we have a small pile of stuff to give away. We oh, will yeah. do a drawing. There's probably 15, 20 things separate we're giving, items. separate items we're giving away mm-hmm. at this point. That you, So your odds of just signing up or putting, liking us on, on Facebook, your odds of getting drawn are really good. Exactly. Of course, then you can hit us on Twitter. Yep. Wisco Dice. At Wisco Dice for Paul or Correct. at Dugan Brideax. I won't give you the chance to mess that <laughs> oh. up. Then we have, of course, email. Correct. Pwagner at WiscoDice.com. Or Bcone at WiscoDice.com. Or hosts at WiscoDice.com. Yeah, that's that's a box we both check. So Correct. Um, it's the best place to grab us or if you got feedback about the show. Of course, you can hit us on iTunes, Stitcher, Mar- Stitcher Smart Radio, blackberry podcast or whatever whatever their blackberry thing is we're listed there i don't remember we don't have i don't have any i don't have any show notes sitting in front of me for this This is what happens when ben doesn't have pieces of paper in front of him yeah i need notes and instructions what am i supposed to say man i I don't know but yeah you hit you can catch our show on any of those media if there's if you're trying to catch our show on something you don't see us listed let us know we definitely want to know about that we'll do we'll look into it see if we can get ourselves listed there Exactly. Anyways, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be here same time in a couple weeks. Exactly. Yes, yes. Scratch yes. that was that would have been good if I would have been able to go. <laughs> thanks, guys, for letting me know what, what how much fun it was. I'll be there next year. What yeah. what army would yeah. you have brought? I, I would have brought orcs. <laughs> orcs is the best. <laughs> With orcs! Lots of orcs! I should have known. <laughs> Didn't you know the fan plays orcs, dude? No. That's about the only thing you can understand is push it forward. I wonder what it would be like to play the fan in a game of Warhammer. Uh, you should play him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Thanks a lot, folks. Have a good night, day, whatever. Talk to you Whatever later. it is in your neck of the woods. Peace out. All right. All right.